Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. U.S. stocks suffered their worst decline in three months overnight. Some analysts say investor confidence is being rattled by the rise in new COVID-19 cases in places like Texas. Others chalk it up to profit-taking. Either way, it was an atrocious session for the markets. The Dow tumbled nearly 1,800 points. That's a 7% loss. The Nasdaq and S&P 500 each dropped 5 to 6%. Joining me now for a closer look at what's happening in the markets is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. How are you doing this Friday? Morning, TGIF. Michelle? Yes, I am completely drenched because it is pouring outside. Okay, so you've got a latest on the weather report. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You'll need that umbrella wherever you are. All right, Wall Street suffered its worst session since mid-March. What a downer. There are a number of possible culprits. Now, I'd like to walk through them with you one by one, Ryan, so we give some clarity to listeners. I'll give you a possible explanation for the drop. And how about you give us a quick prime, okay? Let's do that. Let's start with the new COVID-19 cases. The state of Texas keeps coming up in investor notes. Yeah, so this is all about that second wave of cases potentially spiking. And we now have a couple of states. And what they are worried about right now is Texas. And they have reported 2,504 new cases. And this is the highest one-day total since the pandemic emerged. And into one month of reopening, Florida also reported um, some new highs, the most in a seven-day period, and this is 8,553. So this recent spike in cases is adding to worries that they are going to be running out of hospital beds. And to give you a bit of a picture, um, you've got Texas seeing record hospitalizations for three days in a row. And in North Carolina, you've got only 13% of the state's ICU beds available. So you have a huge strain on infrastructure right now. So if things get worse... How are they going to cope with it? That is going to be a big question mark. Indeed. All right, let's turn now to new unemployment claims being a reason. Yes, so that is one reason. It is a bit of a glass full glass empty type data set. So you have unemployment claims reaching 1.5 million last week. And that is not as bad as what the market was looking out for, 1.6 million. And it is also fewer than the previous week by 3,500,000 claims. But the not so good side is this is pretty much uh, still you know, a huge amount of job losses for the economy. And there is no clear sign of things turning around yet. So if you're you know, conservative and you are looking at these data numbers, it is quite a lot of people out of job and you have to really see more uh, traction in this turnaround story before you can be confident that the economy is turning around. So how far did uh, Jerome Powell's remarks not thinking about thinking about you know raising interest rates did that put a real pr- downer on people's expectations for a V-shaped recovery? Yeah, I think he tried his best to you know lay it out as it is to say that the economy is still a long way a, 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 apart from a recovery and it's a long road for jobs to come back and there are so many reasons um, that he laid out you know that you need to see things coming back online. And this is one interesting reason that I've just uh, read a report Mm. blaming Jerome Powell for something people don't usually think about. Jerome Powell doesn't smile enough. What? (laughs) So that's one reason being blamed for the sell-off. And this actually comes from the 
National Economic Council Director Larry Cutlow. And he's saying, you know, Jerome Powell could lighten up a bit when he has all these press conferences so that he gives a bit more optimism to the markets and he's going to have a talk with him to have some media training. That sounds like it's right <laughs> up the reality star playbook. It's not just him. Peter Navarro, and this is the White House trade advisor, he had an interview with Yahoo Finance and he said, you no, know, Jerome Powell, he saw his press conference and he possibly has the worst bedside manner of any Fed chairman in history. <laughs> so it's not the numbers, it's not the jobs, it's Jerome Powell's smile or the lack of a smile. So that's being blamed for the sell-off. I did not expect that at all, Ryan. <laughs> all right, let's talk about profit-taking and these uh, newbie investors, retail investors. What role did they have, do you think? Yeah, so you've got retail investors, um, I guess, pretty much spooked with any headlines that come on board, right? And we've seen markets really running ahead of themselves. Uh, for example, you've got a Nasdaq on a four-day winning streak finally being snapped. And you have US markets overnight plunging more than 1,800 points. And that is really uh, pretty much, you know, a factor of, you no. Know, you have to take a breather uh, eventually when things go up so high. Mm. And you have fundamentals not really supporting that huge optimism in the markets right now and retail investors pretty much following the trend and when you have an excuse to take profit i think this is what is happening now after the u.s markets close ryan dow futures showed some signs of life rallying about 200 points so how are asian markets doing this morning are they taking their cue from the futures market or the big losses overnight yeah so Similar to what I've seen overnight, profit-taking and of the gates, Asian markets deep in the red. And we are looking at Japan down by 2.9%, Korea down by nearly 4%, and Australia down over 3%. And some of the top losers this morning, you've got the energy stocks because oil prices are down by over 10%. And also something to watch out for in Japan is Sony. So that'll be one interesting stock to look out for because they have just released details of the PlayStation 5 overnight. Mm. So that could be something that could see extra interest in uh, stock price movements for Sony. Sony. All right, I'll keep my eye out on that. Now, another stock story, rather, we've been tracking in recent weeks has been competition between Singapore and Hong Kong stock markets. And one aspect of that rivalry is trading of derivatives and futures. So Singapore is currently the only overseas market where investors can uh, have China A share futures. But Bloomberg is reporting that this may be about to change. Yeah, so this is something in the works for quite some time. We've got the Hong Kong exchange trying to compete with a similar project um, product to the China A50 uh, futures. So this is just pending regulatory approval. And like you mentioned, it is going to be a big deal because these China A share futures for Singapore, mm. these products alone account for nearly half of uh, SGX's equity derivative volume. So it is going to be another competing product and you have SGX also recently losing that MSCI license to Hong Kong. Yep. So that is another, I guess, um, competing product between uh, those exchanges. So it is going to be tough times ahead for SGX to get more investors um, on board with um, what's happening with Hong Kong. All right, sticking with the Hong Kong market now, Ryan, there are two big secondary listings taking place there that I've been tracking, NetEase and JD.com. So NetEase debuted yesterday. JD.com has priced its shares and will begin trading next week. So how did NetEase do out of the gate on its first day of trade in Hong Kong yesterday? 
and NetEase really did have a day one pop. And of course, NetEase is a game developer and people are playing games right now with COVID-19 forcing them to stay at home. So that was one big reason behind the optimism. And you saw it eventually close um, up 5% at 130 Hong Kong dollars and the IPO price was 123. So it's a great reflection or I guess um, signal of the market appetite for IPOs right now, especially in Hong Kong. That's also one reason why banks in Hong Kong have been, have been reporting record high deposits or an increase in deposits at least in April mm. because people are chasing these listings. So mm. that's a good sign for JD.com and potentially other listings that might come on board to Hong Kong. So uh, good sign for listings. Do we have a sense yet of how much money JD.com is going to raise? Okay, looking at JD.com, they have um, been floating this number, $3.9 billion. And this will be the year's second largest listing. And they apparently have priced it at 226 Hong Kong dollars per piece. And they will start trading on June the 18th. And that will be sometime next Thursday. Uh, so looking at JD.com, also another online play. You've got people shopping at home. So there is quite a bit of optimism around JD.com's uh, listing as well. All right, let's check back in with local stocks. 9.14 on the clock this morning. The Straits Times Index slid nearly 100 points yesterday, or more than 3%. Is it adding on to those losses this morning? Yeah, looking at the Singapore markets, pretty much tracking the rest of Asia. Um, in the opening minutes, it's down by 3.4%. So that's pretty much uh, what I've been looking at yesterday as well. So in the red by 3.4% at 2,617 points. And yesterday, we saw banks among the top losers. And this was led by DBS, down nearly 4%. And today, DBS extending those losses is down by 4.6%. UOB down by nearly 4% and OCBC down by 4.1%. And pretty much red across the screen for most of the STI stocks. Also losing um, today in the morning is Genting Singapore down by over 3%, SIA down by 3.8%, and SGX, we were talking about it, it was down by 0.6%. So quite a bit of pressure on markets this morning. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang there. Joining me in Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.